This is episode 279 of the 200 Churches Podcast. What's on my mind? Well, what's on my mind is that small church pastors matter. You matter. You, pastor. You. You. Listening to my voice right now. What's going on in your life? What is God doing in your life? What's the Spirit of God speaking into your heart these days? What are you learning from your people? What burdens are you helping them to carry? What difficulties have you been going through that are literally changing the you on the inside? Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast, where every Wednesday we produce a legit episode of ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. Now, here are two guys who have been encouraging thousands of pastors all around the world for five years. Good friends, pastors, and podcast partners, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Johnny Craig, and I'm joined by the effervescent and good looking Jeff Katie. <laughs> Perfect. Effervescent Jeff. if not good looking. There you go. We can't be <laughs> we can't be everything, so it's okay to be one thing. And we can't Better be, effervescent than good looking, we, I think. And we can't be lying on the podcast, right? That's right. <laughs> oh man. Johnny, how was your Memorial Day weekend? It was good. It was a lot of fun. Uh just hanging out with the family, hitting up the pool you know, doing, doing family stuff. So if you measure your holidays by, you know, how much fun you have, then we had a successful holiday. Some people measure their holidays by how much they got done. We were unsuccessful if that's the measurement, but I don't think that's what we were going for. So anything that we did get done was icing, my friend, icing. How about yours? How was your holiday? Good, good. We had our first in our new home, our first actual usage of the backyard and the patio nice. and the grill and all that with my two sons, one of their wives, but both of my grandsons were here. Awesome. Yeah, so we had a good time. We uh we got to play with the little guys. They're they're so they're so different and they're both so cute. One I love it. One is always always mangling off of his parent to get to me or to Debbie. You know, they want us to hold them. <laughs> and then the other one, I pick him up, and I pick him up, he sticks his thumb in his mouth, and he goes, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Like he's not sure about, I'm like, this good on, or bad. Come on, kid, it's been 19 months now. You've got to be used to being by now. But oh, he's, funny. he's fine. Used to be I'd have to wait 10 minutes before I could even grab him. But now I grab him as soon as he walks in the door, so. He's good to go. Yeah. No, we had a great time. It was really hot, so we had the we had the hose. Perfect. Right? The hose is with all the various settings of it, you know, is is fun. Oh yeah. With the kids. And they they didn't have any more plastic pools at Walmart cuz I went oh, I to, believe it. I went to grab one, but they had the green turtle sandbox. Did the green turtle sandbox turn into a pool? It did. And later on, it's going to turn into a sandbox for those two boys. Perfect. <laughs> That's all you need right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, funny. Johnny, you're you're involved in schooling again. Oh my goodness, Jeff. Did I'm you, going. Did you to go to Michigan? When no, you... it's it's next week. It's next week. Oh, I just sent an email to the professor saying in a few weeks. It's next week now. On Sunday, I'm flying out to Michigan. Yeah, we got to do some schooling. I'm getting ordained in the Reformed Church in America and uh they got requirements, Jeff. Would you believe it? They don't want me the way I am. They got to fix me up first. So, well, hey, it took the alliance five years to fix me up. Exactly so. right. So, it's the way it goes. 
they got to fix me up, and they're starting by teaching me about reformed worship, which I, I'm not optimistic about. No offense to uh, my professors, but it's not their fault. It's just one of those things. Hey, listen, don't be getting letting them teach you about that tulip stuff. <laughs> None of that tulip tulip business. Of course, that just that just alienated fifty percent of our listeners. Exactly right there. <laughs> What's wrong with tulip? No, we love hey, all theologies here. Hey, we're from a fine. Dutch town. We love tulips. Exactly, we're all about festivals. Tulips. That's right. Exactly, we're fine. Which was a doctrinal conference, actually, in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm heading back to school, getting some learning done, and uh, I'm you know it should be a good time. I'm looking forward to being back in a classroom. It's been a while. The gears are seizing up in my mind, and uh, it's good to get them oiled up again and, and get going on that again. So, I think, yeah. I think my brain is turning into geriatric mush. That's a good segue, because today you shared some of the geriatric mush with our listeners. <laughs> I did. So I also said, Johnny, in this episode that you will have an opportunity to counter Oh, my, with what's on my mind. With huh? what's on your mind. So today, today is the first episode of What's on My Mind. Now, yeah, this was an episode where it's just, it's just me, like just you. I'm I, you're winging I, it, but I have never been so arrogant. It's taken 279 <laughs> episodes before I actually take a whole episode to share what's on my mind. Is yeah. that, I mean, is that uh, okay? That, that's okay, right? It's not. It's not like overly prideful, is it? No, I don't think so. There are some podcasts, and that's how they've been since episode one. This They're, is true. They're unlistenable, is what they are. <laughs> but you at least waited. You picked up some wisdom along the way from years and years of not only ministry, but years of uh, conversing with people about small churches and uh, being encouraged by people and learning how to encourage people. And so I think you've earned you've earned the right, Jeff, to drop a "What's on My Mind" episode. Thank you, Johnny. I appreciate it. I figured, you know, <laughs> after thirty-two years in ministry, maybe I've actually got something to say, huh? They're exactly right. Yeah, don't don't ever tell yourself anything different, Jeff. You are you're very special, just hey. the way you are. All right, so let's not waste any more time. <laughs> let's get right into what I've got to say on this first episode of What's on My Mind. Well, this indeed is a different episode. This is the first What's on My Mind episode. I'm going to kick it off, and Johnny will have a chance to counter with what's on his mind. Hey, the truth is you all have have kind of, many of you have been listening for a long time, and you've walked through the journey with Johnny and I over the last year or so as we have transitioned ministries, and we've we were in one ministry together, and now for almost about a year now, we've been in separate ministries. In fact, yeah, this week it's been a year since Johnny left me high and dry alone in my Northwest Iowa ministry. Three months later, I came to another ministry in central Iowa, and it has been challenging to continue the podcast being in two different places. And what's been interesting is what we've found is our resolve to encourage pastors, and particularly pastors of small churches, has only increased as it has become more difficult. And we've had to become a little bit more creative and and how we are going to encourage pastors, how we're going to get together, how we're going to create uh, good, uh, high-quality episodes with really good guests. And the truth is, with Memorial Day weekend and with stuff going on in our lives, it's been in the in this last week a challenge, and so 
the way we view these challenges is the, the tougher it gets, the more creative we get. I've always wanted to do a What's On My Mind episode, but, but we've got so many good guests. In fact, I've got some guests backed up in my inbox, in my Jeff at 200churches.com inbox. I just did not have time to get to them in the past week. I prioritized family this past weekend, Memorial Day weekend, and the days that I were, was home, I was home. I wasn't in the basement on my computer. I wasn't doing church work. I wasn't doing 200 churches, hobby work. I prioritized family. I was with my wife, my kids, my, my grandsons were at our house. And so I did not have the time to, to line up a guest for this week. And I decided this week I'm going to do one of those What's on My Mind episodes. And I'm going to encourage Johnny to do one, if it's not next week, in the coming week. So today is uh, Tuesday. It's May the 29th. And tomorrow I'm actually flying to New York State and I will be involved in a family situation that I'm really not free to share right now as I'm recording. But it's pretty significant. And it kept me up last night. Um, so this has been a really busy time. And as I was thinking about all of you this afternoon, I thought, you know, I, I'm not going to take a week off. I, I don't want to take a week off from encouraging pastors. Because the truth is, I joke about you, and now I don't have an equivalent for you women who are pastors, but I joke about small church pastors being the Rodney Dangerfields of ministry, because I tell you, they don't get any respect. Uh, and, and it's true in so many cases. Now, this isn't a woe is me cry. It's just the truth that so many small church pastors take it on the chin because they have a church of quote-unquote, only 50 people or only 100 people or less than 200 people. And I did not want to take a week off from encouraging pastors of small churches because I believe with all my heart the pastors of smaller churches are doing the work across America that needs to be done for the kingdom of God in places that large churches just don't fit and that large church pastors would never be successful in. They're, they're, they're the out-of-the-way places, and some of these out-of-the-way places are right downtown in an inner city. Some of them are right in the middle of a suburb, but it's a place and it's a group of people who need a pastor. I remember telling my wife before we got to our church in northwest Iowa, I said to her, you know, this is a, this is a place that's uh, it's pretty well-churched, and these people are pretty well-off, but you know what? There's a group of people that meets in this building, and they worship every week. They need a pastor. They need somebody who's willing to love them. They need somebody who's willing to share God's word with them. They need somebody who's willing to walk through life with them, to be a spiritual guide, to be a a a, 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 a friend who's there next to them, willing to commit their lives to them. And that's what so many of you do. And you do it week after week. And I just I just want to remind you again, we've been doing this since January of 2013, telling pastors that your church is significant in God's kingdom and your ministry matters. I mean, I'm thinking of the rural ministry in Kansas that is, you know, 100 miles from uh, the, the closest bigger town, not even a metro area, 100 miles from the closest biggest town. 
And there's probably not 200 people within 20 or 30 miles of you. But you're there and you're ministering to a group of people. And let me tell you, the kids in your community, the kids that are riding their bikes up and down the roads, the kids that are working on the farms, the kids that are going to the to the small elementary school, the the 8 to 10 kids that are in your kids' ministry, they need a pastor who loves God and is willing to teach them the Word of God. They need a pastor who is willing to lay his or her life down for the cause of the gospel, even in the small places, in, in the small inner city church where there's only 30 or 40 people coming to meet. And you, you say to yourself, well, well, why don't they just go to a larger church? Well, I don't know why they don't just go to a larger church, but there's an awful lot of churches that are 30, 40 people in inner city uh, locations. And uh, if you want to go around and ask all of those churches why, all those people in those churches, why they don't go to another church, be my guess. But I, I, don't, I really don't think that's the answer. The answer is, hey, you've got a group of 30 people here. They're meeting for worship. They love Jesus. They, they want to learn his word. They want to serve. They want to get together as a body of believers. You, men and women, th- these things are so important. These churches are so important. You are important in what you're doing. God has called you to serve those people. Now, the truth is, times are changing, right? I mean, we're going to need to roll with the punches and create new forms, new venues, new activities so the body of Christ can have its greatest influence in this 21st century society that we're in. And, you know, you might be in, we have a lot of listeners in Australia. You might be in the uh, the Aussie Society. You might be in uh, the Canadian Society. You might be in the UK, the Philippines, uh, Brazil, Central America, wherever you are, somewhere in Africa. It's a 21st century society where you are, and the, the whole world is changing. Technology, communication, travel, uh, the rise of information and the spread of information, everything is changing. The rules, the way they were in the late uh, 1900s, they, we can't play by those rules anymore. We, ha- we have to literally be co- really co-creators with God right now of all times creating opportunities for people to connect with God, creating opportunities for people to grow in their faith, creating opportunities for people to serve but through their giftedness by the Spirit, through their, their makeup and their wiring that God created within them. They need opportunities to get together for prayer and for discipleship, for service projects, for reaching their neighbors, for understanding and making sense of the culture that we live in for understanding the teachings of God's Word in the culture of the day, no matter what country you're in. And as a small church pastor, we're on the cutting edge of, of, of ministry as we have these little groups that, that can change on a dime. Some of them are very resistant to change. Other small churches, they want, they're always changing. They're moving forward. They're, they're taking new steps. And both of them are a challenge because you have to try and motivate and get the one group going while you have to try to stick around the other group and give it guidance and put guardrails around it and fuel its passion and activity. But no, no matter how we look at it, the day that we live in, as small church pastors, we have great opportunities and great challenges. And I just want to say to you men and women who serve in small churches, 
Johnny and I have, and our guests, as we've talked to them over the years, have so much respect for you. And I hope that you have as much, as much respect for yourself as we have for you, knowing that God has called you to what you're doing. Now, one of the things on my mind, and this has been on my mind now for, oh, probably a year and a half, and I've been, I've been working at it piecemeal. But that is understanding that not every hour is the same for me. So I have 168 hours in the week, but not every hour is the same. So I'm trying to figure out how to assign the right activities to the appropriate hours. It seems as though when Johnny and I record with a guest, it seems as though uh, uh, Monday afternoons and Thursday afternoons seem to be the best time. Now, Friday, not a good time. He's with his kids. Saturday, not a good time. He's with his kids. Sunday, not a good time. He's with his kids. By the way, those days aren't a good time for me either because I'm committed to family and and ministry preparation on those days. But it seems like Monday afternoons and Thursday afternoons and sometimes Wednesday afternoons or later in the evenings on those days are good times for us to record. So there's better times than others. Not not every hour is the same. And I'm wondering with you, maybe maybe you are struggling with some things in your life that, that just don't seem to be going the way you want them to go. And so you feel like you feel like you're failing, you feel like you're falling down in these areas. No matter what it is, let me ask you, what try to figure out when is the best time for you to study intensely. When's the best time? Maybe you're trying to do that activity at a time that is working against that very activity you're trying to do. When's the best time for you to study broadly but not deeply? So if I were to guess for myself, intense study time for me is going to happen between 6 and 10 in the morning. After 10 o'clock, I'm starting to think about lunch. And then after lunch, forget it. I am useless after lunch to focus intensely on on sermon prep. I, I just am. It's not a good time. But if I can get three, four-hour blocks before 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning on, on three days out of the week, I've got a really huge jump on my sermon prep for that week. So I could do, I could do two four-hour blocks, one on a Monday morning, one on a Tuesday morning, I will in those eight hours. I will get more done than if I picked twenty hours out of a couple afternoons and all day Saturday. I absolutely will get way more done in those eight hours on Monday and Tuesday mornings. So those those eight hours of study give me a much bigger bang for my buck buck than if I spent eight hours on a Saturday. If I spent four hours Saturday morning and four hours Saturday night, same amount of time, but much less effectiveness. So. When is the best time for you to pray and to worship personally, your own personal prayer and worship time? Maybe you're trying to do it at the time that, say, you read Andrew Murray back in the day, that that's the time to to pray to God, you know, before the sun comes up, and you just can't seem to focus on prayer when it's dark, you know, like most all of us. So change the time. Change the time. When's the best time for you to develop your leaders? Obviously, 
Not when they're at work, right? You got they've got to be available. But but when's the best time that they can be available? Because they've got families, they've got what they've got spouses and kids, and, and they've got time that they have to spend focused on other stuff. When's the best time for you to develop your leaders? Are you developing leaders? And if you're not, maybe you just haven't found the key that unlocks that little secret. When's the best time? When's the best time for you to just sit and talk with your spouse or walk and talk with your spouse or or do something that you both like to do and talk with your spouse? When's the best time for you to think and plan? I mean, to think and plan, working on your ministry and not in your ministry. When's the best time for that? Probably not a Sunday afternoon, probably not on a Saturday. Again, for me, if it's me, thinking and planning, it's going to be somewhere between 6 and 10 o'clock in the morning, probably sometime Monday and Monday through Thursday, or, or just before lunch, 11 to 12 o'clock, I'm pretty focused on going to lunch, but I can also be focused in those hours. After lunch, no, after lunch, I'm just not as focused. After lunch is time for me to visit, to talk with people, to have meetings, uh, to do busy work, answer email, stuff that's that where, I'm, where I'm actively just responding to stuff I need to respond to. When's the best time for you to visit people in a nursing home or at the hospital? When's the best time? Because there's not every hour of the day, not every hour of the week is the same. When's the best time for you to train volunteers or, or to hold meetings with your board or your team? You need to find the best time for the. When's the best time for you to exercise? Probably not in the middle of the day unless you weigh as much as Johnny weighs and he can work out for an hour and he doesn't sweat which I think is inhuman, but it's true. So uh, I can't do it. I can't do it at lunchtime. If I, did, if, I, if I worked out for 20 minutes, I'd be sweating for the next hour. I don't care how many showers I took. I don't care how many towels I wiped my face with. I, that's not a good time. When is a good time for me? Either early in the day or later in the day. Are, are you carving out the best hours for the right activities? When's the best time for you to spend with kids or, or with your family or with your spouse? And when's the best day for you to take off? Maybe you've been trying to take a day off that you think is the right day to take off, but in reality, it's just not working. And it's kind of burning you out. So something that's been on, on, on my mind for a while is am I doing the right things in the right hours. You can start at midnight on Saturday night and from midnight to 1 a.m. on Sunday morning, that's hour one. And from 11 p.m. to midnight on Saturday night is hour 168. And you can assign an activity to 168 hours every week. Now, it's pretty easy because let's just say you get seven hours of sleep every night. There's 56 hours that are going to be spoken for every week. So now you're down to, what, 112 hours that you have to assign an activity to. If you've never thought about it that way before, I just want to encourage you, think about it. 112 hours out of the week, which hours are the best to do which activities? Don't do the right activities at the wrong time because you're going to not going to get a very good return on that. But if you could do the right activities at the right times of your day or week, 
you get a much greater return. So my question is, are you in a, in a schedule rut or, or a time rut? It's time to upset the apple cart. It's time to take your schedule and just if all the hours could just drop loose like apples out of the basket, just roll them out onto the floor and start start by changing what you do. One or two, start by changing one or two things. Just one or two things. Start by changing what you do for just a few hours out of the week, but pick the most important things first. So make a list of your important activities. And these are activities for church, uh, for ministry, for just your personal life, for your family life, um, maybe for your, for your physical health. Maybe they're activities for uh, an academic pursuit you're involved in. Maybe you're getting another degree. Um, and maybe they're just they're just activities to to increase your intellect, you know, so that you can learn and grow and get smarter. But make a list and prioritize your list. What are the things? What do you think are the most important things you do in the week? And then start at the top. Start at the top and assign that most important thing that gives you a big return on your investment. That that informs a lot of what you're called to do in your life. The most important thing in ministry. The most important thing when it comes to your family. The most important thing when it comes to your health. The most important thing when it comes to the organization of your personal life or your finances. Just take one of those and try to assign it the right hour. And get that one win under your belt. Because the truth is, you got, you got the rest of your life to figure this stuff out. I mean, we all do. We, we really don't have any longer, right? We've just got, we've got the rest of our lives to figure out where in, our, in my day should I do this? Where in my day should I do that? Where in my day, if I did it then, would I get the greatest return? Would I do it with the most quality? Would I do it maybe, I don't really like this word, but with the most efficiency? In other words, if, if something could take you an hour to do, but because of when you're doing it, it takes you an hour and a half all the time, that's kind of silly. Just assign it to a different hour in the week. Maybe you're doing it in an hour, I don't know, just pick a – so let's say you have 112 hours, okay, because if you sleep seven hours a week, you got 112 hours left. Let's say you're doing it an hour you know, 62 and you really should be doing it in an hour 31. Just, just move it over and just do one thing at a time because not – Every hour is created equal. So, again, I want to remind you, Pastor, your church is so significant to the kingdom of God. I want you to now, here's something that's been on my mind. In my church, do my people understand the why behind what we do? In other words, I, I, I I want them to give, and I want them to give generously. Now, what would the average person think is the reason why the pastor wants the people to give generously? Well, to to fleece the flock and to fill up the, the church's coffers, of course, right? That's maybe what the average person, but, but do your people know why you want them to give generously? Do my people know? Do my people know why I want them to serve? Why do I want them to put in time serving God? Well, they might assume that I want them to put in time serving God here in the local church ministry, here on the property, in the building, when people are here helping us to run programs. I'm not really interested in that. I'm really not. I mean, I understand 
we need to have nursery workers, right, when we've got a worship service. I, I understand that. But I, I don't really care about our people filling activity slots and calling that uh, service. I, I care about other things uh, for them t- to serve. I care about the fact that they know, that, you know the why, again, the why. Do they know the why behind these things? The why for me has something to do with Jesus saying, hey, I didn't come to serve, to be served, but to serve. And by the way, to give my life as a ransom for many. Something to do with Jesus and Luke saying that uh, he who does is not willing to give up everything he has to serve me is not will, is not fit to be a disciple, right? Uh, the the God who literally decides to give His life so that we could have eternal life, the God who ultimately is going to serve those He created. There's something in those things that is the why behind why we should serve. Probably has nothing to do with the fact that the Holy Spirit indwells us, empowers us, gifts us, baptizes us into the body of Christ, gives us gifts and makes us a part of the body and a different part, each a different and necessary part of the body. Do your people understand the why behind the things that we do week in and week out? For me, the giving piece, I want them to be generous. I don't even care if they give to the church here. I just want them to be generous because being generous is how we, how we have a blessed life. Because the one who blesses others will himself be blessed. It says somewhere in Proverbs, the one who refreshes others will, will themselves be refreshed. That, that's, that's just a, one, of those, uh, one of those teachings of Scripture. When we give... God blesses us. Now, it doesn't mean we necessarily get get money back for that, but God blesses when we give. God blesses when we're generous. I want my people to be blessed. I want them to have blessed lives. I want them to receive fulfillment and joy. So these are the reasons why I want them to be generous. These are the reasons why I want them to serve. These are the reasons why I want them to love. So it's not a list of things that they have to do or duties or obligations, but but these are things that these are things that it's who we are, right? It's who we are in Christ. It's who we are as the body of Christ. It's who we are as disciples of Jesus. It's who we are as kingdom people. So this is something that's been on my mind. Do my people understand the why? So they're going to come to church and they're they're going to walk into the room. They're going to sit down, and we are going to have a Sunday worship experience. And in my, I don't know, maybe maybe your mind doesn't work like this, but my mind works like this. I think, why? What, why do they need to come on a Sunday? Why do they have to come in and sit down? What is going on in this group, in, in the lives of this group of people when they get together collectively? What is going on that makes it worth their time, their investment of their time and their person and their passion and their who they are and their relationships what is going on that makes it worth all that for them? I think about that. It's something that's on my mind. Is, is what is going on in our worship time worth their time to come and invest themselves in that? I don't know. I think that's a, that's a valid question to ask. And I think it's a question that we have to ask often as pastors. 
Now, this reminds me, and we've talked, Johnny and I have talked about this a number of times, all the way back, way, 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 way back in episode 15, uh, we had our, I can't even remember the name of the episode now, but episode 15 of the podcast, uh, our, uh, our ultimate or our fantasy Sunday morning service. And I remember talking about the things we can control and the things that we can't control. Hey, if you want to listen to what I think is a pretty good episode, you can scooch on back to episode 15 and listen to that. So today, what's on my mind? Well, what's on my mind is that small church pastors matter. You matter. You, pastor. You. You. Listening to my voice right now. What's going on in your life? What is God doing in your life? What's the Spirit of God speaking into your heart these days? What are you learning from your people? What what burdens are you helping them to carry? What difficulties have you been going through that are literally changing the you on the inside in who you're becoming as a pastor, as a shepherd, as a leader? What, what is God doing in your life? I'm asking you that question. If, when, if you and I were sitting down, man, I wish we could be. I wish we could be. Sitting down across the table and sharing lunch together, I would ask you, what is God doing in your life? And whatever that is, I just want to encourage you to run toward it. Run toward it. Embrace it. Whether it's joy or sorrow, whether it's uh, it's it's happiness or pain, whatever it is, whether it's an easy road right now and, and you're resting a little bit, you're getting a little refresh, you're catching your breath, or whether it's uphill and right now it's a grind, call to the Holy Spirit. He's in you. He's leading you. Get refreshed by him. Get refreshed by the Spirit. Run into whatever God's calling you into right now because, because, because your ministry matters. Your life matters. Your family matters. You matter to your family. You matter to your church. You matter to the kingdom. Pastor, you, you, maybe you've got beat around this week. Uh, maybe you've got knocked around by your board members or by a ministry leader in the church or, or maybe even God forbid, by by a good friend in the church. Maybe you've taken some hits. I just want to say to you today, you matter to the kingdom of God. You matter to Jesus. And he feels your pain. He understands your struggle. He walks with you in the challenge. I just want to encourage you today. What you're doing is important. Don't give up. And take a look at those hours Check out those hours. See if you've assigned the right activities to the right hours. Now, what's on my mind? I I just want to share just a couple books with you that Johnny started this a few weeks ago. He's, you know, what are we reading? What are we listening to? But, you know, this church, this church, (laughs) this book, Small Church Essentials that I have in my hands by Carl Vaders, it says, Field-Tested Principles for leading a healthy congregation of under 250. Bullseye, Carl. This is the book. This is the book that if you don't have, you really need to order it. So stop at a bookstore, hop on Amazon, uh, whatever. 
Small Church Essentials by Carl Vadels. Boy, I can't. I don't have Johnny here. I can't speak today. It's a great book. There's a book called Lay It Down by Bill Tell, Living in the Freedom of the Gospel. This is a book. Uh, it's Nav Press. Uh, Bill Tell has served in the Navigators, uh, and he is currently uh, a National Staff Development Specialist for the Navigators. But he is connected. He's connected with the Cure guys at uh, Open Door Bible Church in Phoenix, Arizona. So this book, Bill Tell, lay it down. Living in the freedom of the gospel, Pastor. Maybe. Hey, ask yourself, am I living in the freedom of the gospel, or am I kind of a slave to ministry right now? Bill Tell, lay it down. You should pick it up. (laughs) Pick it up and read it. It's a great book. Another good book, uh, Lee Critcher, I think his name, uh, is is called For a New Generation, A Practical Guide for Revitalizing Your Church. And Lee is the founding and senior pastor of Amplify Church. I've heard him on the Carrie Newhoff podcast. Someday we'll get him on our podcast, but he tells the story of how he was able to, to be a turnaround pastor in this church. There's just a lot of stuff in here that's encouraging. It's encouraging to me. And uh, it's an easy read, but it's one of those books that are inspirational. Another one, Reggie McNeil wrote the book Kingdom Collaborators. Eight Signature Practices of Leaders Who Turn the World Upside Down. Uh, Reggie was on our podcast recently. Uh, you know, you could just search for Reggie at 200 churches. You'll find out which which numbers. I don't have them off the top of my head. But we talked about this book and some of what he wrote in this book. This is a book to kind of push you as a leader, to open your eyes as a leader to thinking about the kingdom in ways that you haven't before. So I want to encourage you, Kingdom Collaborators by Reggie McNeil. And then uh, another book, this, is, this one's a little more of a heavy lift, and uh, I picked this up because our church is going through some of this, and uh, I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to get the manual on how to do this. It's called Advanced Strategic Planning, a 21st Century Model for Church and Ministry Leaders. The guy's name is Aubrey Malfers. And Aubrey Malfers has a Ph.D. out of Dallas Theological Seminary. He's Senior Professor of Leadership and Pastoral Ministry at Dallas, uh, and he is the founder of the Malfers Group, uh, because, of course, he is. And uh, Aubrey has written a fantastic book. The cool thing about this book, this thing looks like a business book, Advanced Strategic Planning, but it's a 21st century model. I think this book is 2016. Let me look. Let me look. Twenty. Oh no, no. Okay, 1999. But then uh, the latest edition is 2013. A 21st century model for church and ministry leaders. So this book is a spiritual ministry uh, centered book, and I've only gotten through the first third of it. But if you're if you're wanting to challenge yourself, that is a great book to read. And then what's on my mind in terms of podcasts, some of the podcasts that I've been listening to, there's one called Five Leadership Questions. Uh, these are a couple guys. I, Man, I don't, I don't know these guys real well, but I'm just telling you, Five Leadership Questions is the name of the podcast. Uh, they're out of the Nashville area. Uh, they, they are up-and-coming leaders. I, I say up-and-coming. They've already, they've already come up. These guys are leaders. They are, I think they're 30-something leaders 
in the church, and they're awesome guys. It's an awesome podcast. Another one's called Lead to Win with Michael Hyatt. Uh, he and his daughter do this podcast. She is the president of his company. Uh, she's a CEO. I think she's a CEO, CEO or COO. But anyway, Lead to Win with Michael Hyatt, great. Of course, Rainer on Leadership is one that uh, you, you can't do without. The Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast, I'm just reading the ones on my list here. Uh, let's see, there's another one, Coaching for Leaders. Coaching for Leaders. That's a, that's a really interesting one. This guy, he and his wife are, are both leadership people. They both have, uh, they're both, they're both educated. They're, they're teachers, uh, and they lead business leaders and they coach business leaders. It's pretty interesting. Kingdom Roots with Scott McKnight. That's a good one. Unseminary podcast with Rich Birch. Of course, we've had Scott and Rich both on our podcast. Uh, great guys. And that, that Unseminary podcast, Rich is really doing a good job with that. And uh, that's that's been really good. Uh, there's another one here, the Unstuck Church podcast with Tony Morgan. Uh, it, it's great for challenge, challenging you and how you're thinking about how you're leading your church. Of course, the Church Leaders podcast. The Church Leaders Podcast, a really good one. The Sermon Smith Podcast, where this guy interviews, and man, we've we've even met the guy. We've had him on our podcast. Okay, I've got to click it here. I've got to be reminded of what this poor guy's name is. And what is his name? Okay, I don't know how to use my podcast app very well. Johnny, stop laughing. The Sermon Smith Podcast, you should check that one out. Of course, 200 Churches Podcast. I've got that on here as well. Theology on Mission, that's a great one. The Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast. Let me tell you something. The first Thursday of every month, Craig Rochelle comes out with his leadership podcast. Craig said he spends, listen to this, he spends 12 hours a month prepping for his 22-minute leadership podcast. This thing, there is not a sliver of fat that you can cut off of this podcast. This podcast is as lean and mean on leadership content as you can ever imagine. So the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast. Of course, the Andy Stanley Leadership Podcast. And honestly, honestly, Craig, Craig and Andy, they're friends. But Craig, man, if you had to listen to one, listen to Craig Rochelle's. That thing is leadership rocket fuel. Let's see, what else do I have here? Uh, that's good enough. I don't know how many I just gave you there, but that was quite a few. So these are some of the things that are on my mind. But ultimately, and I think the biggest thing and the most important thing that's on my mind uh, is you, small church pastors. And for Johnny and I, we've been talking and thinking. You know, we've been doing this for five and a half years now. It's, it's about time for this thing to take a twist or a turn maybe and to go to the next level, because uh, we want to have we want we want to have good content, and good content doesn't always mean big names. You know that if you've been listening to our podcast, you know that we can have the most out of the way small church pastor get on and absolutely blow our minds with their heart for the Lord, with their with their um, activity and ministry, whatever it is. We've had some of the most obscure people on our podcast that have been so, so inspirational. Honestly, an episode like episode 190 with Lori Harris. Uh, Lori Harris and her husband are planning a church in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. And this was, so we're on what, 270-something? This was like uh, 85 episodes ago. 
and it's called This Small Church is a Big Deal in Its Neighborhood. At the time, their church was only like 40 people. She had one of the best and one of the highest downloaded episodes we've had in a long time. And then 10 episodes later, episode 200, we had uh, N.T. Wright on, and he's had the, the, the top number one downloaded episode of all 270-something episodes we have. But, but here's N.T. Wright, and here's a small church planner, and both of them, bo- both of them, did phenomenal jobs inspiring and motivating and encouraging pastors of small churches. So what's on my mind? That's honestly what's been on my mind. And that's been what's on been on Johnny's mind too, as we've talked together to say, how can we continue to provide the best, the best, uh, the, the, the most inspirational ministry encouragement to pastors of small churches. And that's something we're going to be thinking about. So, Hey, my first uh, What's On My Mind episode, thanks for listening, and thanks for being a listener to our podcast. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, whatever whatever uh, uh, podcast app that you use, go ahead and click on just subscribe to it and check out the archives. We've got 270-plus episodes now. We've got so much great ministry encouragement for you and so many timeless episodes. You can check out the uh, podcast series page at 200churches.com. One of my favorite ones, well, we've got we've got Carl Vader's. We've got uh, Dave Jacobs. Uh, we've got uh, Dan Ryland. We've got a, we've got a seminary uh, uh, series page where we've got a whole bunch of seminary profs sharing all kinds of different wisdom, a lot of fun stuff there. So go ahead and check that out at 200churches.com. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. Jeff, what you said about certain hours in the day being better for certain tasks, that's something that I have found for myself. And I don't, everybody's different, okay? So you got to figure this out for yourself. But for me, I need to jump on the administrative tasks early, emails, scheduling, calendar, like that's how I got to start my day. If I don't use the first hours of my day on that, it's not going to happen. And I don't have all my creative juices going at, you know, nine, 10 in the morning. So I like to do my creative stuff, my sermon stuff, my creative thinking stuff later in the day. Not everybody's like that. I know there's a lot of people who flip flop what I just said, and they do creative in the morning, administrative in the afternoon. But for me, I, I've experienced what you discussed there with the hours in the day. Yeah, well, so you and I are opposites then, you know, because for me, just that, just the emails, answering emails and doing that kind of stuff, uh, shuffling things around and organizing things, that's afternoon stuff for me. Yeah. But the, the early between 6 and 10, those are the hours when i got to work on stuff and be focused, mostly because there's nobody else around sure. for the first couple hours. Yeah. And you can actually focus and, and not be distracted. But I think you're right. Everybody is different. And right. you, you just have to experiment with that. And I don't know if you remember, but I said, uh, I said hey, we, we've got the rest of our lives to figure this out. I mean, we're always going <laughs> right. to be tinkering, tinkering right. with this, trying to get it right. There are some podcasts that I won't name because it would be rude, uh, but they'll tell you, their keys to success and expect you to copy and paste their keys to success so that you too can be successful in all of your endeavors. Uh, don't listen to those people. You're not so. talking about Fitch and Holesclaw, are you? <laughs> Fitch and Holesclaw. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, they don't no, even, no. they don't even think there are keys. Probably that's true. Right. right? 
I, I submit to you, I submit to you that there are no keys, that it is about mutuality and submission, and, and, and that's the only way. There's no, there's no key. To, it's all by combination. And sometimes the combination works and sometimes it doesn't. But you have to just, you have to make room for it and yeah. allow there to be a presence of combinations. <laughs> make space. <laughs> make, make space. space That's right. Make space. If, if you don't listen to Theology on Mission, you're missing out. Go listen. And then all of what we just said will make sense. I don't, so, think, I, I don't think I mentioned the, their podcast because for some reason... It was it was not on my list here. I don't know if I did I unsubscribe from Theology on Mission. <gasps> don't do that. I can't they imagine I did. It's been a few weeks. It's been a few weeks since they put one out. They're not as regular as we are okay. over here at two hundred churches. Jeff, let's let the people go. We're just wandering now in our conversation. Absolutely. Let's let them get to their ministry. Whatever hour they took to listen to this podcast, we're grateful for and also apologetic for. Uh, but we know <laughs> that you've been encouraged at least and jeff thanks for sharing your heart your love for small churches and small church pastors uh men and women women and men we we hope and believe that you hear us and hear our hearts and and know please know that what you're doing is so important in the kingdom of god so keep it up and we'll see you next week on the 200 churches podcast we hope you've been encouraged and inspired by this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe at 200churches.com. And to access every one of our hundreds of past episodes, go to 200churches.com slash podcast. You can count on us to be back next Wednesday with yet another brand new awesome episode recorded specifically for small church pastors just like you. So until next week, may God bless you as you lead and love the people in your 200 church. I think if you were a you'd struggle with this episode no matter what. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I can't imagine how you wouldn't, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. You look like a. This looks like a hostage video. <laughs> it is hostage. So I I don't know why your microphone picks up such resonance, such baritone, and mine's got all this treble. Really? Yeah. When I when I edit the when I edit our in and out, it's like that. Huh? You've got you've got, you've got this really nice. Recording and minus like this is just my voice. If so, only. <laughs> <laughs>